Welcome to the Get Cute Podcast, and today we are talking all about resumes. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. It is a glorious Saturday afternoon, the Saturday afternoon of the Ravens playoff game. And, you know, I was sitting down and I was going through... Uh, some emails that I had been sent over the past couple weeks over the holidays and finally replying back to them. And they were resume edits. So a couple weeks ago, I saw a couple of black women on Twitter talking about needing help with resume and somebody tweeted it out. And of course, I have a soft spot for black women. And I offered my services to try to help them out as best as I could because they were in a career transition trying to get an entry-level job into technology as developers. And, you know, I identify that since I went through a boot camp and all of that great stuff. And so after I finished my edit and sent emails, I thought that it would be a good thing for me to uh, tweet out that service to people that need it, because why not? Um, the services are actually out there, but a lot of the time people charge for it. There's nothing wrong with charging for it, uh, charging what you were worth for your time. That's understandable. But um, I'm just thinking about where I was in the boot camp. And luckily in my boot camp, though, I had um, someone that went over a resume because she recognized that having a good resume was going to put us in the forefront of being able to get these jobs or whatever. And... So I tweeted out that if anybody that was looking for an entry-level job needed me to go over the resume, uh, go for it. And I wasn't expecting the, <laughs> the attention that it got. Very appreciative of everybody that, um, you know, retweeted and reached out and everything like that. So I thought to myself, what better way to reach out to the masses to help them than recording an episode about it and you know I think that the importance of a resume is not talked about in technology at all it's very weird we only focus on how good your technical skills are somewhat focused on the soft skills but along with the soft skills before you even get the interview your resume is what sells you as a person and you know, I have come across a lot of bad resumes in my day. And I think that people have resume experience when they have to go through a lot of jobs and things of that nature, or maybe they're just naturally inclined to it. But it is a way of selling yourself, marketing yourself to whatever recruiter or whatever hiring manager is going to be looking at your resume. And it's really important to make yourself sound as badass as possible without lying, of course. And it's just not talked about. And it's really sad because I see so many people um, trying to break into entry-level jobs and, you know, they've been applying to tens and maybe hundreds of jobs and they're not getting any response. And the majority of the time, it's because their resume just wasn't as well put together and did not sell themselves as well as the next person. And, you know, we get caught up in maybe it's like it's not technical enough, blah, blah, blah. But that's the truth of the matter is it's nothing about your technical ability. It's just your resume just was not as good as selling yourself as an employee as somebody else. So 
I'm going to give you my pointers on how I have achieved in a formula, <laughs> how I have achieved a formula of getting past the barrier of the recruiter, of the hiring manager, and getting to, at the very least, a phone screen. The first part of this episode is going to be geared toward people that are looking for a career change into tech as a software engineer through either a boot camp or self-learning or whatever other venture, perhaps maybe coming out of university. Although, as I mentioned in my episode about boot camps and universities, that usually in your career services center that people will be able to help you with resumes. However, if you want to listen to this and get some tips and pointers, by all means, we can do that as well. The second half of the episode will be a general guideline of how to format your resume so that it is A, readable, B, scalable, C, showcases the skills that recruiters will be looking for, and D, looks quote-unquote professional. I really hate the term of looking professional because I feel like it just has so many negative connotations, but in this case, it, it, it does help, and we will get into it. The first thing that I want to talk about is what to leave off of your resume, which sounds weird because I should be telling you what to put on your resume, but this is really important, mainly because you don't want to put anything on your resume that you don't want to be asked about or to be hired for. And what exactly do I mean by that? It's incredibly important because when the only thing on your mind is getting a job and getting a source of income. Perhaps you don't really care about what language you are working in as long as you get a job, which I completely understand. However, after you get your first job and you've been in it for a while and you're starting to get an understanding of what you like or dislike, it's great to keep that in mind for future job searching and job hunting. To the point of being asked about it, you don't want to put anything on your resume that you do not know backwards and forwards. And I see this happen so much. So give a little backstory. I used to give mock interviews through the boot camp that I attended for, oh my god, maybe like three years or something. I would go back to every cohort and give mock interviews because I thought that during my cohort, that's something that I wish I would have had more of. Um, Not so much uh, the technical aspect of it, which did help, but more so how to speak to your resume and give them some actual advice of how technical interviews actually happen um, outside of just the whiteboarding. And so they would come in with their resumes printed and myself and my friend Brian, we would go through it and we'd read through the resume and we would pull questions off the resume about things that they had listed and their skills or in their projects because we knew that's what would actually happen in an actual tech interview for when you're going for a job. And if you can't speak to whatever language or framework or project that you have on there, then you need to take it off or you need to study for it. And it's just the truth. You don't want to be caught in a lie and you don't want to be caught looking like you don't know what you're talking about. And I think it's really important for your resume to understand that just putting any technology on there, any buzzword is not going to help you in the long run. Sure, perhaps it might get you through a recruiter screen or maybe even just like, I don't know, a lot of companies just have you upload your resume and they just scan for buzzwords and maybe somebody will still reach out to you, probably another recruiter. But as soon as you get to the phone screening with a hiring manager or an engineer, 
they're going to know that you don't know what you're talking about. So it's just easier to leave anything that you don't actually know off of your resume or to be completely honest about it and just study up on it. it. It's as simple as that. You never want to be caught out. You don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about because this field is highly competitive. And, you know, maybe you don't have as many technologies or languages as another person, but if you can talk to everything that you have on your resume intelligently and well and thoroughly, you're going to be doing better than the other person that just beefed it up for the sake of beefing it up. I know how hard it can be to revamp your resume for a tech job when you have no prior professional technical experience, but I will put it to you this way. The resume that you have right now is the resume that you have had for the entire time that you've been looking for a job, and a generic resume can get it done for the majority of jobs before technology. But when you are applying for a software engineering job, you now have to realize that your current resume is just going to be used as a skeleton as your tech resume moving forward. That is not to say that you're not going to put your job history on your tech resume. That's not tech related because that would just be silly. However, what I did before I got enough experience to where um, I didn't have to put any jobs that I had before being a software engineer on my resume was focus on the technical aspects of my job that I did do and embellish the hell out of it. Embellish meaning just word it to make it seem a lot more interesting than it actually was not to lie about it because we understand that maybe a job in customer service has this, that, or the other, but what other technical aspects did you do? Did you make a website? Were you in charge of creating the content? Were you in charge of handling the CMS for your company's website? Were you writing SQL or Python scripts at your job, but that's not technically part of what your job description was? These are the things that you want to highlight on your resume to let the person that is looking over your resume understand that, hey, I may not have had a software engineering position before. It may not even be an IT position before. However, these are the things that I did in my job, and this is something that I am interested in and have already been doing. Um, another point that I want to make is that if you don't have the prior experience, it's always great to put your projects on your resume. Um, I don't necessarily agree with having projects on your resume after you have enough experience as a developer or a software engineer. I would say probably one to two years of experience or one to two jobs, depending whichever you get to first would be enough for you to have projects off of your resume. But um of course, always keep your projects in your GitHub and you can link your GitHub account on your resume, but you want to have projects that you have actually done and completed on your resume. Again, this is something that you can talk to so you don't get caught lying that showcases that, hey, I actually do this on the side. I'm so interested in this that I have done this project on the side and I taught myself these languages, taught myself this technology, taught myself this framework, and I am serious about getting an entry level position. Is this me telling you that in all your free time that you need to be working on projects to put on your resume? No, it's me telling you that you can even go through tutorials that just take it step by step for certain frameworks or languages and put those on your GitHub because that shows whoever is looking at your resume that you're serious about technology. 
please don't spend all of your free time on side projects just for the sake of a resume. Unless you in completely enjoy spending all of your free time coding and all of that great stuff, but that is absolutely not necessary. I am just giving you the foundations of which when I was looking for my first entry-level job, these are the things that helped me get my first job. And by all means, I did not spend all my free time on my League of Legends app. I spent a total of eight hours on that, and that was that. And it stayed on my resume until I got another job. <laughs> we are going to go ahead and get into the readability of a resume. And my first topic might be controversial. I'm actually kind of scared to talk about this. Okay, I don't think that you need an about me blurb on your resume whatsoever. Is that wrong? Is anybody out there a hiring manager? Can you tell me that you honestly sit there and read the about me blurb on somebody's resume and take that into account once you're looking over their skills and their work experience? Because for me, it's a hot no. Any resume that I have read, I skip that and I go straight to the skills and to the work experience. And you know, that might be controversial. And you know what? I am sure that you are a hard worker. I am sure that you're really passionate about technology. I'm sure that you love Python, that you love Java. But, you know, I feel as though all of those things I should be able to get off of your resume. And if I'm interviewing you, you should be able to tell me those things when I ask you about yourself. I feel as though that they take up a much needed space. It's another thing for my eyes to go over when I'm really just looking for your skills and experience. With all that said, I think you should leave the blurbs off your resume. And I think the very first thing that you have on your resume, obviously after your name and any information that you want the recruiter to have, such as a GitHub profile, your personal website, uh, a phone number. I don't know if people actually still put phone numbers on their resumes. I would say no, especially since a lot of us put our resumes on publicly accessible sites. Um, don't do that. Maybe your email address would be a lot better off, even though that's kind of iffy nowadays too. The first thing that you put in your resume should be your skill section. And in your skill section, you should list the things that you are proficient in and to the most proficient to the least proficient. I have seen a lot of people break it down even. I think maybe on my current resume, I might have broken it down or perhaps I revised it. I honestly can't remember, but you can either have your skills where you have the things you are most proficient in from first to last. So for me, it would be Java, JavaScript, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can have a setup to where you break it down into like languages and frameworks and databases and other relevant things. I'm pulling up my resume right now, so I'm not a liar. Okay, so yes, I did actually break down my skills into three sections. First section, languages. Second section, databases. Third section, tools and systems. Tools and systems is such a great catch-all for everything else that don't fit in the other two. So I've put frameworks that I'm proficient in. I've put uh, IDEs that I use because apparently that matters, especially in the Java world, because you know what, we are hashtag Team IntelliJ over here and some people are the other one. That's all, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> Breaking up your skill section this way is to make it easier for whomever is reading your resume to find the things that they are looking for for their particular position. And it just makes everything a lot easier so they can either see, oh yes, this person knows Java, absolutely, let's get a phone screening going on, or this person doesn't have anything that I'm looking for so we can move on. The second most important part of your resume is going to be your experience. And this is where 
when I have been looking over resumes and doing edits where the majority of the help is needed. And it's because when you do talk about yourself, you are not giving yourself enough credit for what the fuck you're doing. And by that, I mean, you can be at a job for two years, but you all are going to give me like four bullet points of everything that you've done in that job. That is ridiculous. I have been at my current job for a year and a half, and I have 10 bullet points on what I have done because you know what? I list every single thing that I have done at my job on my resume, and I make it sound like it was the most badass shit that I have ever done. And when in reality, it was really boring. However, you have to make it sound not boring to whoever is reading your resume. Do you see this whole thing coming back through the episode where it's all about readability and making it easier on whoever is researching your resume? That I'm doing this on purpose. I hope you caught on. Readability. Making it easier for whoever's reading your resume. Okay. We're keeping going. In conjunction with making your current job or experience or project sound absolutely amazing, it's also great to start adding statistics in when you are able. Now, I know this might be a bit harder for people that are just doing solo projects and they haven't actually published it anywhere. But for the rest of us where we are in jobs that we have the ability to track, like traffic and such things, absolutely use that. Here's just one snippet from my resume that I'm rather proud of. It says, built and maintained a pending payments API for our blank that saw 500,000 plus hits within 30 days of hitting production and drove registration up by 15%. Holy shit, that sounds like I did something amazing. When in reality, you know what? Actually, adding that endpoint to that API was absolutely amazing. And I was really, really proud of it. It was my first thing that was all mine that I had worked on by myself that hit production at this job. And when somebody reads that, they're like, oh, holy shit, they have had huge impact on their team and at their current company. And that is really important. Now, don't just go throwing in random statistics because we are not lying on our resumes in 2020. We are not doing that. We cannot do that. Ignore Twitter when they tell you to do those type of things because when you're applying for a software engineer, that does not work, let me tell you. Not from experience, from other people's experiences. But it does not work Um, because people will ask you how you got those numbers, how you got those metrics. And if you are not lying about them, you should very easily be able to tell them how you got those numbers and how you monitored that impact. So very great. I love numbers. I love statistics and putting numbers on a resume automatically makes things seem fantastic. So please do that. I'm just going to go back and elaborate on what I said earlier about how I put everything that I do on my resume at whatever job I have. It is so freaking important that whenever you complete a small project, a large project at your current job, that you keep notes for yourself on what you have done. I am the type of person that whenever I complete something at my job, I update my resume so I don't forget that and I don't forget what impact I had at that time. But please, even if it's only for your mid-year reviews or your year-end reviews, keep 
meticulous logs on what you have done and keep your resume updated as well because you never know. Nothing is guaranteed and you don't want to have to rush update your resume and leave off a bunch of things that you know that you have contributed to or have done at your current job. So please, 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 please keep a record and please keep your resume updated. You honestly never know. Don't trust these hoes. Don't trust these companies, okay? Keep it updated. The last mandatory section on your resume, even though I do not have this section on my resume, please don't come for me, is your education. Obviously, if you have a college degree, you want to put that there, whatever your major was, et cetera, et cetera, very basic resume information that you should have gotten from the ghost of resume past. Very easy, very basic stuff. Now, we're going to go on to the optional section of the resume, and that's only because this is what I have on my resume. I primarily put it on there to test out what would happen if I did and it didn't impact me getting phone screenings negatively, so I've kept it on there. The first section that I've added was my mentoring. Like I said, I do mentor at or I did mentor at my boot camp, and I also was the lead of a organization that I am not going to mention on here. So I did put that on my resume because that shows that you know I like to give back, et cetera, et cetera, um, like being part of the community, things of that nature. And it actually, I've had hiring managers that have interviewed me be really interested in that. So that was really nice. Um, as far as a talking point, I suppose, in screenings and interviews. The second thing that I put on my resume is my full list of talks and panels that I've been on. Perhaps I just wanted to flex a little bit, but I wanted people to understand and know that in my career currently, I have been asked to do panels and giving talks in that nature. So that's something that I wanted to highlight. Not to say that that was going to speak to my technical ability or anything like that, but it was to show that uh, wherever I was going to land, that speaking was a large part of my career. And it was to let the employer know that I expected to be able to continue to speak and be able to do these things without any pushback from them. And, you know, it's worked out pretty well. So if you have that experience to add to your resume, I highly suggest you go ahead and try it out because it's been nothing but positive for me. If it's negative, I will let y'all know, but I, I haven't had a negative situation where that's concerned at all. Now, this is a big one. This is about making your resume look, quote unquote, professional, or you could just say make it look cute, make it look pretty, because there is nothing worse to me than an ugly resume. Uh, aesthetically, it's just terrible. What do I mean by an ugly resume? Okay, here's rule number one. Do not have more than two fonts on your resume. Please, please don't do it. I would even dare to say only have one font on your resume and then use font size and font weight to emphasize certain points of your resume. I believe I only use one font on my resume and I and I do the I do the latter. But please do not be putting like four fonts on there because you have copied and pasted this and copied and pasted that from like resume templates that you found online or this and that. We we are not doing that in 2020. We want cute resumes to send out to these companies to let them know that you are serious. So please, that is so, so important. Another part of having a cute resume would be having your alignment correct. I 
I am a huge fan of tabs, <laughs> tabs and enter keys to keep it as formal looking and uniform as possible. You shouldn't have the date for one job in your job history over in like New York City. And then on the next job, you have your date all the way in East LA. That, that doesn't work. They're on different coasts. We can't have that. We need it to all be uniform. And you know what? I'm that type of person that will press that space bar to have it aligned up and perfect and whatever. Um, here's another thing. Make sure that not only does it look cute for you in your in your word editor, but also make sure that if you save it as a PDF, it doesn't get squished or misaligned because that is another thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration because a lot of the times um, I don't upload my resume to um, applications as a Word doc. I upload it as a PDF so you all can't edit that. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep that in mind as well when you're designing your resume that you don't want it to be squished when you save it as a PDF. Now, if y'all follow me on my personal Twitter, you know that I am constantly tweeting out things with spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes, because in my, my mind moves faster than I type sometimes, so I will miss words completely. I will use both forms of a verb when I'm typing because Twitter is something different. But when it comes to my resume, not only do I spell check it, then spell check it again, then I get somebody else to spell check it because there's always something that I miss. And this is so important. You do not want anything misspelled on your resume. Don't just rely on that swiggly underline, that red underline in your word editor to catch things for you. You need to sit there and spell check it. Now, if you've already done those two things, you can absolutely reach out to me on my personal Twitter. Um, y'all, y'all know I don't want to really say it, but if you follow Get Cute Podcasts on Twitter, the host Twitter handle, that's me, reach out to me by all means and I will be that third person to spell check and edit for you. I don't mind that whatsoever. But it is so important that nothing is spelled wrong because it, this industry is so competitive and perhaps it's like this in anything else too, that one spelling mistake, as petty as that sounds, I'm not the petty one. It's the recruiters in these companies, one spelling mistake or one grammar mistake will get you knocked off the list of of potential hires. And another thing, going back to grammar, make sure that you have all of your work history in one verb tense. I have seen people use past tense for past jobs, and then when they have their previous job, have that be in present tense. And no, you need to keep all one tense throughout the entire resume. So my resume is all in past tense. That's it. That's the tweet, y'all. Keep your resume in past tense. You don't want to be switching between um, ten, verb tenses in your resume just has how you don't want to be switching between verb tenses when you're talking or writing, which I am both guilty of because, like I said, my mind runs too fast for my mouth and my fingers sometimes. Just trust me. One verb tense, please. And I think that is actually it, y'all. I do not have any other things that when I'm looking over resumes that I go down and check for really. When I do edit resumes, a lot of it is very subjective to the person that I am editing for. I will go back and forth and ask questions um, with my initial edits and then come back with second edits if needed. Um, 
as in as if the person has replied the first edits and then wants the second edit as well. But these are all the basic things that I can think of that have kept my resume looking right. And as I said, I have not had my resume fail me yet. So take it and apply it if you want to. I also decided to give you all a doc and PDF template of a resume for all to use that I have made to make it a little easier for you. Um, and you know what? Use it, apply it. You can change the font on it. You can change the styling of it. You can add a color. I love resumes that have color. I think they look so nice. They look so beautiful. I'm very boring with resumes and I just have it in black font, Arial, you know, just very boring stuff. So I hope that the template and that this episode has helped you in any possible way. I'm very excited about this. I think this is going to be very helpful for a lot of people. As always, if you like this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me as far as climbing the charts, and it also helps people find this beautiful podcast and also helps me get monetization because, you know, as I've said before, As much as I love making content, I also would like to actually turn this into a second revenue stream (laughs) eventually. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com. I typically answer those very fast, and I take any nice criticism well, and I will apply it. I, I don't like rude criticism. I will just delete your email and block you. We don't do that here. So I think that's it. Um, I'm actually recording this two weeks early. You will have another episode before this one. I recorded this the day of me tweeting about the resumes because I just got it in my spirit that I need to let this information out. And that is that. Yeah. How exciting. Two episodes done in one week. I am killing it. Ooh, I think I forgot to mention. So the template is going to be linked in the show notes of the episode, but it also will be available on my website at getcutepodcast.com. Again, that is getcutepodcast.com or the link will be in the show notes below. But yeah, I think that's it, everyone. And as always, I will see y'all next time. Bye.